Good evening, everybody. This is your host, Huge Pop, from the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. I am here tonight. We are with a man that's been around the world. He's been in Impact Wrestling. He's been in ROH. He was Impact X Division champion, one-time Impact Tag Team champion, making him the fifth TNA Triple Crown champion. He's also known for performing, like I said, in ROH. He was the ROH, two-time ROH world champion. He's here in... Uh, the Panhandle of Florida to take care of business at XIW Extreme Impact Wrestling at Chaos in a Cage. Welcome to the show, Austin Aries, better known for Daniel Healy. How are you doing today, my friend? Good, man. How's it going? Yes. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. I uh, this is I I, uh, I know you what you were telling me earlier about where you're at, and I'm telling you, man. I take care of foster kids, and so to get behind the microphone in front of a camera talking to wrestlers believe it or not as <laughs> as crazy as it is this is my escape from reality um and i'm so when i talk to guys like you it's like um man it's like a breath of fresh air it's a, a self-caring for me and i get to relax and unwind from the night and i thank you so much for this opportunity man i and i can't wait to see you tomorrow that's cool, man. That's cool, and I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, you know, being a being a foster home is not easy, and giving these kids opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. So I want to I want to salute you for that, and and uh, you know, tell you that that's appreciated. That you know, we need more people like that in our communities. So hats off to you, sir. Well, thank you, Carnfrey, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, and I appreciate what you've done in the wrestling business, and. Now you wrote a book, and um, I can't wait to read that. And I'm so excited, and I thank you for doing what you do for us fans and for um, what you're doing in the community where you're at, too. So I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Um, so just let's start off. Uh, can you just share a bit of how you got started in the um, professional wrestling, man? How did you say, yep, this is what I want to do? I don't know if I remember anymore. That was so long ago. Uh, I don't know if my memory goes back that far in my <laughs> um yeah so we got we got to go all the way back to uh the year of 2000 right 23 years ago wow and, um you know i was following the uh i guess what you'd call the typical path of life got good grades went to college um didn't know really what i wanted to do with myself i was an athlete growing up played baseball uh so went to college with the intention of playing baseball right and uh but once I got there, it was kind of, you know, figuring, figuring myself out and, and went in a different direction after a couple of years, realized college wasn't my thing, um, you know, dropped out of that. And then was like, well, now what do I do with my life? And, um, you know, it took a little time to do a little bit of uh, navigating and trying uh -huh. to figure things out. And then uh, an old childhood friend of mine called me up and told me he was trained to be a pro wrestler. Mm. And. You know, at this time in 2000, we're, uh, you know, before Google, uh, you know, <laughs> pro wrestling wasn't, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't look up pro wrestling schools and just go somewhere like we, like we can do now. And, you know, it's such uh, advantage of technology. Right. And um, so, yeah, so I had no idea there was like wrestling schools and this was even a thing that I could get into. And so when I heard this was an opportunity, I, I, uh, went to take a peek for myself uh, and see it and see it with my own eyes to see it was real. And it was, and uh, I begged uh, Terry Fox, who was one of the trainers uh, along with Eddie Sharkey, who's a name that you might be familiar with trained the road yep. warrior. Yep. 
Uh, you know, a lot of the guys out of the Minnesota area at that time, Barry Darso and yeah, I just, I, I begged them to get in the ring and they told me it was $3,000. I had to sign a waiver. Uh, you know, I told Terry, I had about 500 bucks to my name and I'd give him half if he let me start training. And, uh, he said he'd think about it and he came back over to me about a half hour, 45 minutes later and said, so you really want to do this, huh? And I said, yeah, Terry, more than anything in the world and he said all right you got yourself a deal give me 250 bucks and you can start on monday and i moved up on my buddy's couch and uh yeah started training that week and you know um was so excited for the opportunity you know i did whatever i had to do i, I worked on uh, some odd jobs temp service jobs i donated plasma you know dug wow. ditches uh restaurants you know basically uh, whatever would, would let me chase the dream on the weekends, you know, and go do wrestling shows. You know? So, um, but yeah, that's where I got in. Just broke in in a garage in, in Minnesota and started training three, four days a week, you know, three, four hours a night. And after six months, had my first match and uh, just kind of never looked back. Awesome, man. Thank you for that introduction. Um, So memorable moments, man. Throughout your career, man, you've been all over. I mean, we just named him two um, time ROH, uh, Impact. Um, X division champion, but what would you consider to be the most memorable and defining moment in the ring for you? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I think that's really for fans to, to kind of decide, right? Because I think, you know, some fans were huge TNA fans. So they're going to say like, you know, option C or, you know, beating Bobby Roode. Um, other fans grew up with me in Ring of Honor, so maybe beating Samoa Joe, or maybe even you know some of my title losses, like when I lost the title to CM Punk, which then went to the Summer of Punk, or um, you know I had some pretty epic battles with uh, Brian Danielson back in the day. So um, I've been very lucky to to uh, to get to perform with a lot of very very talented men who have who've done a lot of amazing things in in the pro wrestling business. So. Uh, and I've been I've been lucky to be a part of a lot of really cool moments, you know, even even something like Bound for Glory, which is a little infamous, um, you know, it was creating a, a memorable moment. And, you know, I think as perform, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, good matches. We don't always remember good matches. They kind of get lost in the shuffle, but memorable mm -hmm. moments. You know, I think that those are the things that stick out. Will we ever see you back on impact? Not that they're, not, the, not uh, that they're redoing things. I mean, you know, you know, you know, the old saying in wrestling is never say never. So, I mean, I know it's a little cliche and it's not very exciting, but I mean, who knows, man, who knows what the future holds? Um, I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, they seem like they're doing well, so they certainly don't need me. Um, but, you know, there's a there's a history there. And, and with them going back to TNA, uh, obviously, I've got a lot of history with that brand. And uh, listen, uh I'm at a point I'm I'm always happy to sit down and, and have discussions and see uh, where I can be of value and, and where there's some interesting things I could do uh, in the business. Man, well, I, mean, I was super stoked when um, Adrian and I are personal friends. And, uh, of course, I've been following uh, XIW for since 2022, February. And uh, I was super stoked when he told me that he was bringing that you were coming to XIW and he might be here around for a little bit. So, man, I was super stoked. I wasn't able to um, make it to your day when you first arrived at XIW. Um, I think it was the baseball thing 
Um, but I wasn't I wasn't able to make that. But um, you're going up against Bubba Shaddix for the XIW Middleweight Championship. So part of yeah. that, what would you what would you say is your favorite championship belt that you've ever held? Oh man, uh, I don't know. I, you know, the the Ring of Honor title meant a lot at the time. It 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 had a it meant a lot within the industry, right? Like there's a, a level of prestige, and and so to be the guy to to you know follow Samoa Joe's you know two year run was was a lot to live up to, and but it was also for me my first opportunity to kind of get put in the spotlight. And so I took that like really seriously, right? And like I remember going out to California to hang out with Joe, be leading up to our match to get to know him, so he could get to know me. Um, and because I just, I really respected um, what he had done and the opportunity that I was about to have. Uh, so you know, and and you know, my first TNA World Title win obviously meant a lot too. You know, I had a lot of. Uh, a lot of ups and downs with that company. So um, to have that moment there meant a lot. Uh, yeah. Okay. So now you're getting up on this weekend, and I'm sure the plans are to uh, uh, put Bubba Shaddix in his place and uh, take what you came for, that title. So um, is there any major mindset that you're in right now ahead of tomorrow? I'm pretty relaxed. Um I've, you know, uh, so for those who don't know, uh, XIW's, um, you know, biggest show of the year uh, is, is their is their December show, last show of the year, and every match is in a cage. And so I've been in a situation like this before when I worked for TNA. Actually, they had a pay per view. Uh, lockdown where every every match was in a cage so um you know that presents unique uh unique obstacle cage matches are much different than normal matches uh limits what you can do in some respects changes the dynamic of the match um you know there's steel cage surrounding you so you're not you're, obviously everything's staying within the ring um you know for those for those who've never been grinded into a steel cage or thrown into it uh it doesn't tickle. It doesn't feel very good. Um, so you have to mentally prepare for that. And then, you know, you look at someone like Bubba Shaddix and, you know, he hasn't had his spotlight yet. He hasn't had his world title win. He's hungry. You know, uh, I know he represents XIW. I know he's proud of that. But I also know he wants more. And he looks at me as someone that he can use to kind of uh, uh, springboard off of and use as a catalyst to get his career to that next level. And, um, and I hope he does. I hope he does. You know, I want to see him succeed. If, if he's up for the challenge, if he can handle the pressure, if he can prove that he is at that level that, that I've been at for a long time, you know, 
So I welcome that. You know, at this point in my career, that a huge pop. There you are. Lost you for there, a second. Yeah, I think I at this point in my career, like I, I don't really have anything left to prove. At least I, I, yeah. I don't feel like I do to myself. Um, so if I'm going to come in and, and kind of be a measuring. I seem to be okay here. Here we go. There you go. But no, yeah, you don't. Like you said, you don't need that title. I mean, you you you've done it a lot. You've done done it all. I mean, you out of. I mean, you've held many titles, and um, I'm sure you want this title, and I'm sure you're gonna put Bubba Shaddix through a bit of chaos in the cage, but he's gonna earn. If he wins, he's gonna earn it. That's it. My my job is to go out there and 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 I set the bar. Yeah. Right. I I'm gonna set the bar. Now his job is to clear the bar. If he can clear the bar, then then he has the opportunity to walk out there, prove he's the man, and then still have his championship title. If he can't clear the bar, then I'll then I'll have the championship. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you know, the, I don't have any uh, animosity towards him. Uh, I respect and appreciate like you know the grind that he's putting in chasing this. Because I know he's putting in a grind. He's putting in work. He doesn't come from an easy background. He's grown up, you know, in, in a rough environment. You can tell. You can see that in his demeanor. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a nasty side. He's got a nasty streak. You know, he's. I think he's just kind of generally pissed off at life. Um, you know, and and uh, so I see, you know, a little, a little bit of a young Austin Aries in there when I was a, a little angrier. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. in, in years. So um, you know. I got a pretty good idea what I what I'm in for tomorrow night. Now I don't know if he knows what he's in for. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I doubt that. I doubt he knows what uh, he's in for. You no, know, he's <laughs> watched. He's watched YouTube clips. He's watched matches of mine. He's studied them. He's yeah. probably you know studying them and watched them when he was still a fan. Right before he ever even stepped in the ring, he was watching my stuff. So in his mind, he's created something, you know. And and uh, but but until you're actually in there and you feel it, and you feel the energy, and you feel the intensity. Uh, you know, like Mike Tyson famously said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. There you go. There you go. Before my dad hops out of here, my dad is um, it's one of my biggest fans of this podcast. Uh, my mom and dad um are, but my mom passed away October twenty second, so she is the one that was. Sorry, yeah. She encouraged me to continue. You know, she said, "Never stop your dream," and I'm so. This podcast yeah, is like a dream of mine, and so and I love it. So thank you, Dad, for sh popping on, man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What's so up? thanks, Dad. Um, um. So you've been around at WWTNA. How does how is working with um at XIW Impact with Adrian Whisper and that or that promotion? How has that been for you? Said I mean, it's been a short period of time, but it's much. I can only yeah. imagine it's been everything good. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been it's been very professional. Everyone's been very welcoming, uh, welcoming there. Uh, shows have been good. Fans have been great. Uh, I've enjoyed it. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that we uh, got put in contact and and I've been able to come in and, and again, like you know, with what I'm doing, like I'm not I'm not trying to work every weekend. I'm not trying to have a full time schedule. 
you know, I'm not trying to go back on TV per se. I'm kind of enjoying my, my flow right now, but I like finding places that I can go um, uh, a few times at, at least and, and do something uh, a little more creative um, than just kind of coming in and out random places. And I'm constantly traveling have a few home bases. So a place like XIW, you know, where I come in for a number of shows and, 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 you know, wrestle guy, Bubba Shaddix a couple of times and get a feel for him and, and, and let him get a feel for me. And, and then at the level that he's trying to achieve, right. You know, let him step in there and feel it and see if he can raise his game. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Oh, well, the nickname, the greatest man that ever lived. Um, <laughs> How did you get that? And huh. I mean, where did that call originate from? Yeah, man. I mean, so you know, I'll paint the picture. I'm I'm sitting in my I'm sitting driving around in uh, in Los Angeles, and the Weezer song comes on. Have you ever heard the Weezer song, "The Greatest Man That Ever Lived"? It's this epic song. Yeah. Great beginning. Well, at the time, you know, I was really trying to think of uh, you know, as I was kind of embracing racing this uh bad guy persona that you know um and at the time in ring of honor i've been kind of just known as this wrestling machine right uh and i wanted i wanted to get i wanted to uh add some depth to the character so literally the greatest man that ever lived i mean that is the most ridiculous uh like catchphrase right or that's like a moniker you could call yourself right i mean is there right, a, right. how could you <laughs> like a guy who calls himself not even the greatest man alive right like which would be about you know almost eight billion people you're saying the greatest man that's ever lived i mean that's like an infinite number of people that you're put i mean it's just it's the most absurd title and so when i heard it i just thought well this is absurd and so couple that with the fuzzy pink vest and the shitbag mustache at the time and i figured like nobody's gonna be able to cheer for me now right, and i right. was yeah, I was right. And it just kind of stuck. And then, you know, um, with that, though, I felt like, okay, well, my job then is to go out in the ring and, and perform at a level at a very high level that most people can't perform at. And to back that up in some way, shape or form as ridiculous uh, as that as that name is. Right. I, I have a guy in the chat that asked me, um, are you uh, doing bookings around the United States? Do you ever travel up to Illinois? Uh, I haven't been to Illinois recently. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm taking bookings all over the world. Uh, you know, I've, I've just, uh, you know, in, 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 in the last, you know, six, uh, well, in the last year, you know, I've, I've actually been to Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, I just got back. I've been to Canada a few times, yeah. uh, talks to maybe go, uh, into South America and do some stuff. So, yeah, but I haven't been to Illinois. It's been a while. I wouldn't mind going back Really enjoyed wrestling for uh, Warrior Wrestling up there, which is usually running out of uh, like Chicago area. Um, they they got a good thing going there, yeah. Okay. So um, I know that's, we're talking about nutrition, your lifestyle. I know that you're um, you have a vegan lifestyle. You are really healthy. So I'm going to ask you: Can we talk about your book that you wrote? Can you yeah. um, talk about that and um, go in with that? Yeah, well, so, and this is kind of the funny thing. I was actually just talking about this with my friends the other day is like when people think like veganism, they think of it as like a, like a dietary choice, right? Like, uh, oh, you, do, you know, like, like you said, like for being healthy. And so really veganism at its core, right? Like at its absolute core 
it's right. just is about like doing no harm right it's about like i want to go through my life not hurting other people hurting other animals like anything that feels and thinks right and has emotion and feels pain mm-hmm. want to contribute to that pain i don't want to make someone feel sad okay. and when, right and and so but it doesn't just stop like with a species. I don't go, oh, but that's just for humans, but and just for dogs because they're cute. But pigs, fuck them, right? Like pigs, like we're gonna we're gonna skin them and make bacon and torture them. Like that doesn't like that doesn't feel right to me, right? So I think like anything that feels pain, anything that feels happiness, like what do you want to contribute to? Do you want to contribute to its happiness? Do you want to contribute to its pain and its suffering? And so it's so by now with that mindset, yes, the biggest place that we do this is our food and we dress it up and we make people not realize it. Right. Most people are very disconnected with the food that they eat. They don't go catch it themselves. They don't gut it. They don't skin it. They don't process it. They want they they don't want to see that. You know, I don't know if you know this or if your listeners know this, but right now in this country, right, which. I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but I feel like we have very little privacy as, as, as a citizen anymore. Right. Like, absolutely. Right. We have very, very little privacy. So, you know, you know, who has the most privacy in this country Hmm. livestock, because it is illegal to film. Really? It is illegal to film or capture video or, or pictures of what happens in slaughterhouses. And why would they have to put up legislation and laws against that? Why would they do that? Something fishy is going on. Well, they don't want you to see how how that gets on your plate. Because if people really saw it and really watched and really thought about it and then looked at their dog or their cats, right? Right. They might they might make a different decision. So my book is about why I made the decision. Like the, I grew up in Wisconsin. Very, very cheese heavy, very dairy heavy, very meat heavy, very, you know, hunting season, right? And so um, it talks about my evolution and the things that, the, the things I saw and thought about, the seeds that were kind of planted along the way that as I got older, and it just so happened to be the same year I started wrestling, I decided to stop eating meat. Okay. I decided to start, like, paying attention more to my diet and understanding, like, where it was coming from and what it was doing to me. And so that journey started. And as I started to educate myself and peel back layers and understand the, the, the food system, I realized it's set up for failure. It's set up to, it's set up to make people sick and, and disconnected and, and reliant on a system that now made profits off sickness. We don't, we don't make money in this current system on healthy, happy people. We make money on sick and stupid people. Correct. Right. So we want to get sick as quickly as possible. And we start kids off right off the jump with cereal. We got a whole aisle dedicated to corn, wheat, sugar, sugar, fake colors, BHT, preservatives, all these things linked to all these neurological d- disorders. We put them all in this whole, we, we create a whole aisle just for these kids' cereals. And then we advertise to them with cartoon characters and toys and, and bright colors. Right. And right. they're, there's no way, shape, or form you can tell me that any decision makers care about our health when they allow these things to happen. 
So, so when you start looking at the food and you understand the system is set up for failure that way or to take advantage of people and make them sick and stupid, and then you go, well, aren't there agencies that are supposed to be looking out for my best interest? And then you realize, oh, they're not looking out for your best interest, unfortunately. Well, then that bleeds over into other, into other areas in life. And it, and it becomes relevant when we, have, when we have things like pandemics, right? When we, have, when we have all these things where we have all these leaders and, and, and government officials who are supposed to be looking out for our health and safety, who in my estimation and in, in, in my research have never really been doing that. And there's, an, there's, there's enough of a paper trail to say that these people aren't working in our best interest. They don't want us healthy. They don't want us at harmony. They want us divided. They want us right. scared, stressed out. And when it comes to eating, if you think about the old adage, you are what you eat. Well, right. if you think, think about most of society, right? We're, we're stressed, we're angry, we're sad, we're depressed. Is that a fair assessment? That's fair, yeah. For a lot, right? A lot of people are a lot laid We talk about mental health. Well, then I start thinking about the, the life of this animal that gets fattened up very quickly and it gets slaughtered at a young age. But what that short life is, I would imagine is a life of stress and anger and fear and sadness and depression. And so we now that's what we nourish. And I use that in quotes. That's what we nourish our body with. And that doesn't seem very nourishing to me to be to be consuming that energy of that life that was tortured and then eating that and thinking somehow that's going to make us peaceful, happy people. So it's not about never thought of it like that. Yeah, man, it's not about nutrition. Nutrition is is the is the whittle it down into like flavors I like. Man, flavors flavors are, are if meat tastes good, we just boil it in water and eat it. We don't. We put spices on it. We put butter rubs. Right. We we chop do all this shit to it. We put condiments and ketchup, mustard and barbecue sauce because that's the flavor, right? Yeah, well, we've been tricked yeah. into putting it on a, a bunch of tortured. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so any fruit, man, like we should be, look at look at us. Do we look like lions and tigers or do we look like gorillas? You know, lions and tigers are carnivores. We don't have any of the tools to be carnivores. Tell you what, man, we, we can pick fruit and eat fruit, and yeah. nothing had to die for us to eat, fruit. right? Fruit gave yeah. itself to us. Fruit was the feet on the ground, more fruit grows. It's a beautiful trend. Yeah. Never thought of so, like yeah, that. Man, so, yeah, that's my book's about, about learning that and then how that has changed the course of my life and how I look at everything else and just and, and, and the life that I lead, you know, and how that coincided with my wrestling journey and how you can be a pro athlete and not have to eat animals for for protein, for muscles, and a lot of these things that people think uh, you need to do that aren't true. So then if you don't need to do them, that becomes it's a choice, right? right. So then it's like, well, then why a choice other than they've spent millions of dollars to market to you, to advertise to you, to figure out the exact chemicals and crunch and color to put into the foods to make you addicted, right? With the marketing campaign and the, yeah. the celebrity pay millions of dollars to market foods that those celebrities would never eat because they're pro athletes. They're not eating Doritos. Right. True. Right. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I never actually yeah, thought man. about that at all, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. I like, you know, like I want to give you these books and I want to give you your, your family uh, a box of my books to be able to hand out to these kids. You're fostering the ones that you think are, you know, that are interested because it's not just about wrestling or just about f food you like to eat. 
it's it's more about a philosophy of, of how you go through life and, and how you how you perceive it and the decisions you make and understanding like it's really empowering when you understand that we're the is the consumer we have the ultimate choice see the 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 vote that matters is is the with the pocketbook and the money not so much at the voting booth right so when you start right. stop spending money supporting things that don't that don't resonate with you that you don't that you don't believe in that that's how we change the world stop supporting things that we don't believe in i don't believe in torture i don't believe in i don't believe in hurting things i don't believe in killing things and if i don't need to kill something to survive why would i right. now if i'm stranded island and i'm gonna starve listen right like we're not talking about hypotheticals because that's what always happens people give these hypotheticals what would you do if you're stranded on an island well i'm gonna survive instincts will kick in but i'm very grateful to live at a time and a place and have the luxury to not have to make that choice so i don't make it well i hate to cut you short but someone that's hypothetical someone's hypothetical just popped in the chat and i want to share what he has to say you. Okay, and you'll 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 get to know him even better tomorrow in the cage. Okay, Baba okay. Shattuck says his book's about sounding like a self righteous, pretentious deity. MF ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, he, I I I have a question you should ask me right now. What's ask question? me how many ask me how many times I've ever popped up on somebody else's interviews chat. So, Mr. Aries, I know your your opponents on in the chat. How many times have you rudely interrupted the interview uh, that wasn't even yours? I've, well, I've never done that because I have better things to do with my time than to be sitting on in chat rooms. I'm a professional, bro. I'm I'm like a I'm like an actual like star, so I don't sit here and like troll and lurk on chat rooms. But, but see that. That's the difference. I'm actually being interviewed, right? Like you asked to interview me. Correct. And this dude can only get in here in the chat room. Right. right. So, I mean, yeah. do I really need to say anything else? No, I don't think see, I do. Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast brings in superstars, right? Last night I had the yeah. XW superstar at Jackson Slade. Now, no, not no yeah. middleweight champion like Bubba Shaddix. Well, right? I'm just. Is, you know, and maybe this is it, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm getting a little long in the tooth. But you know, when when I broke in the business and when I was making a name for myself and when I was, you know, holding championships and main eventing and on television in front of a million people, I wasn't trying to feud with dudes over social media by like by by putting out posts and 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 putting out like childish comments and shit. You know, you let um, your you let your so, you let your voice you let your uh, you let. You let yourself be known in the ring. You proved yourself in. Let yourself, but then also, but then also, like there's a there's an art form to being a, a cunning linguist, if you know what I mean. And uh, and and you know, like I don't like to do that on a keyboard, right? Um, you know. Right. So I, I like to stuff as a high level orator. So. Right. Right. Um. So if you had to retire today, is there someone? Is there a dream match you'd want to have? Uh, I mean, the, the, the one that I've said in the past is that's, that's feasible is, is, you know, Chris Jericho, you know, he's, he's, he's still doing it uh, at a high level. Um, you know, but you know, I, you know, Flair probably will unretire. So, I mean, if, you know, I guess if that was an option, I'd, I'd wrestle Flair. Yeah. You a CM Punk fan? 
you know, yes and no. I think like most okay. people. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. But Diana Hubert says, yeah. I taught him everything he knows. That must be mom. Oh, oh, oh Diana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's Mama Aries there. Hi, Mama Aries. That's Thank Mama you for Aries, stopping yeah. in. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So you, you think I think I think I got a sharp tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Bubba Shattuck ought to be afraid of your mom, not you. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't think he he held my mom's ass open much less mine. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll see. Well, I mean, I yeah. I I hope he's I hope he's ready. Um. So, what are your goals moving forward in the wrestling career? Um. Are there some specific, specific like I mean, you said it early on that you've done it all. I mean, you have nothing to prove, and I don't think I, I think you're right. You have nothing to prove. You know, you've I, done it. I, I, um, you know, for two decades, wrestling kind of consumed my, my, my existence. I gave everything to it. It was my life. Uh, it was always number one on, on the uh, priority list of what I was and what I was doing. And I was very grateful to, you know, to accomplish a lot and get to travel the world and, and have amazing moments and meet amazing people. And um, you know, help people. You know, like as you said earlier, escape reality and and you know have these moments that they share with their friends or their family that they'll, they'll recall the rest of their life. So, yeah, I've, I've had an amazing run. You know, but I think like anything, like we evolve. Like pro wrestling's changed a lot uh, since I you know started twenty plus years ago. I've changed as a person. You know, a lot. You know, and thanks yeah. to wrestling, in some ways, uh, twenty years. So. Um, yeah, you know, I think that I'll always be involved in some capacity in some way, uh, shape or form. Um, but it's no longer going to be like my entire life. It's not going to engulf me like it did for so long. So, um, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this kind of like fresh perspective of, of being a part of pro wrestling, um, in, in that way. And, uh, we'll see where that takes me, you know, and, um, just riding the waves and just enjoying the uh, enjoying the journey and less focused on the destination. Bubba Shaddix popped up again. And he's like, we talked about your mom, and I don't know about this man. He says, "Hat at Diane. Hi, Dan. How you doing with a with a little emoji face kiss? So maybe he's afraid of your mom. I don't know. I'm not trying to stir up any crap, but I I mean, pop you know what? I'm I'm gonna be nice to the kid, and I'm not gonna. I know I probably know why he's sitting on my mom, you know, you know, I'm not going to divulge his personal life or whatever, but you know, that's what single people do, I guess. You know, so if he wants to be hitting on like, you know, my, my mom's in her sixties or whatever, uh, that's cool. Did he spell everything right in the sentence or, um, okay. At Diane. I, yeah. Uh, he's got your, your mom's first name, right? I got, how you doing? D O I N. I guess uh, he needs to go back to school yeah, or something. I don't yeah. know. Enough. That's right. They'll they'll he'll get to that when they, they teach that in eighth grade, I think. Yeah. Okay. Get there. I, I, all right. Cool. You saw? Do you, do you see yourself being a new XIW middleweight heavyweight middleweight champion? Uh you know what? Um, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm smart I'm smart enough to know I'm not smart enough to know anything can happen. Anything can happen in a steel cage. I mean XIW. It, it, 
itself is a very unpredictable promotion. I know Bubba Shannix runs in circles of people. Um, you know, if he can't get the job done himself, sometimes, you know, he'll have some backup. So, um, listen, let, let, let me put you like this. One-on-one, uh, you know, the two of us in the middle of a pro wrestling ring, uh, my worst day, his best day, I still walk out of there as champion. But you put us in a steel cage, you factor in all these other things, it changes It changes the game, you know. So, uh, And this is his home turf. So I got my work cut out for me, no doubt. You know, uh, I'm gonna have to be hungry. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be a little nasty. I'm gonna have to, you know, pull out some of the uh, Austin Aries of old tomorrow night, and uh, I'm ready to do it. And we'll see if he is. And I uh, was talking to Adrian Whisper. He's been working on that cage for the last two and a half days. That thing is solid. I heard from, according to John Saxon, he said that thing is looking so solid, like it's gonna hurt. So, man. Bubba Shadis, I hope you have your game on. Um, what do you think are um what I'm do you think waiting, of, you know. Huh? What's that? What do you see as your one? challenges in your opponent, Bubba Shaddix? What kind of challenges does he present to you? Uh you know, again, um there's there's a there's a danger that you have to be uh, aware of when somebody hasn't been fed yet. Right. And this is really what it comes down to. I've been fed. I've been fed. I put 20, 20 plus years into this. I've reached, I've reached pinnacles. I've walked out in front of 70,000 people. Right. I've made good money. I've been fed. And so when you're, you know, Bubba hasn't been fed, he's hungry. He's like that stray dog that, that's looking for a meal and he'll, and, and he'll bite your hand off. And I'm going to be in a cage with, 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 with that. So if I don't, if I, if I don't show up and I don't, and I, and I'm not, you know, prepared for that, then I'll get my hand bit off, but I'm aware of that. Cause I, you know, I know what it's like to be hungry, you know, and I still have right. something to prove. And, and the fight, you know, I'm not going to sit here and get all riled up and, and, and start, yelling back at this dude who's been yipping his mouth or whatever. He's trying to get her. He's trying to get me riled up. I've been doing this too long, man. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to win mind games with me, but don't think I'm not taking inventory and don't think that I haven't been, I haven't been paying attention to what you said to Diane and, and these little comments that you made on, on your Facebook posts and all these things. I don't have time to worry about until we get in the ring. Then I worry about him. And then you'll get my answer. Sounds like a vet compared to a, um, a rookie. So um, last That's night I had, that is, I, last night I had John Saxon on the show. He made a comment in regards to you and Bubba Shaddock's match. He said he's going to pay close attention to that. He mentioned that he was watching the match closely. He also referenced that he would use his knowledge and power to get you into his faction or Bubba into his faction, whoever won the belt. Are you worried about that? Uh, that John Saxon, Sal, Wardell Walker, Jackson Slade, are you worried about those guys getting involved in that or in- influencing you somehow? Uh, I'm not worried about anybody influencing me. I mean, see, the, if he wanted to influence me, he forgot about the one component and, and he listed all these things. He didn't list money. 
I mean, listen, he wants to be in his group, you know, that everyone's, everyone's got a price as the million dollar man said. So yeah. Hey man, you want, you, you, you want me in your group? Cause you want to, you know, siphon some knowledge off of me and get a little rub off of, off of the name Austin Aries. Cool, man. Uh, we'll talk numbers. You know, you're not going to entice me with anything else other than this. This is, I'm a businessman. This is business. That's why I do this. Right. And so no, I'm not worried about that. As far as getting involved in the, in the match, I'm, I'm sure they have other things to worry about. And again, we're, you know, it's a cage match so that, you know, one of the advantages is it's a little more difficult to, to insert yourself into the match. So, uh, you know, but Hey, you know, if I won the title or after I won the title tomorrow night, uh, you know, they have a proposition, you know, always willing to listen. Well, he talked about money. He talked about he has the money. That's why Jackson Slade's in this faction because he has the money. So we'll see. I mean, like again, yeah, he might I, have. I, yeah, he might. He, he might have Jackson Slade money, but I don't know if he's got Austin Aries money. That's like that's like refinance your house kind of money. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But he kept on flaunting. Oh, I got money. I got money. I'm like, okay, but I mean, you know. And I did compliment. They got he got some good guys. He's got Vordell. He's got Sal. He's got Jackson Slade. They're probably some of the best in the business of, of XIW. Yeah, they're good guys. They're good guys. They're, yeah, they're, so, you know, they're like, yeah, like me. I, well, I call them puppets. I call him the puppet master. I call them puppets. Yeah. So yeah, but no, I just I'm focused. I'm focused on job tomorrow night. I'm not. I don't. I don't worry about anybody else and, and what they're. You know, listen, man. Here, here's the one thing: when you when you make a name for yourself, all of a sudden you find your name in everybody's mouth because everybody's. Hi. Everybody wants to get attention. Everybody wants to get a little bit of that spotlight. So I'm, you know, that, that's not new for me. Before I could get to the end, the last question I have: uh, Johnny Cass says Austin Aries is part of the reason why I became a professional wrestler. Thank you for everything you've done so far. He shut. He sent me a picture of you and him at a Wisconsin, I think, at a convention, and uh, you said something to him that you're not a belt collector. You're you earned what you get. And that has resonated with him all his life. That comment that you made to him about, hey, I go and get, I, I go and earn my, my keep. Nothing's given to me. So you're not a belt collector. You're a belt earner. So I just wanted to bring that up. He popped in the chat. He said, thank you. Um, so I just want to give that out to you. That's awesome. My last thing I want to talk about is advice for young, aspiring wrestlers. Any suggestions or advice? To young and up and coming people, to Bubba Shaddocks, young guys getting into the business. Yeah, do something else. Yeah, no, that's just. <laughs> this, um, you know what? Uh, it, it's funny, man. And as I alluded to this earlier. You know, the industry has changed a lot since I broke in, and the formula, the formula that I use to become successful. Um, you know, is going to be different than the formula that people are going to use nowadays. Social media is a big component to it. I just, I, I just think the biggest thing is, and this is, and this is just for me, like pro wrestling for me is supposed to be rooted in realism, you know, and this isn't supposed to, to me at least isn't supposed to be like video games or superheroes. And so I think that, you know, the magic of pro wrestling is in that they know magic's not real, but they don't know how the magic's done. So let's not expose the magic. If I was a magician, you know, like I went, I went, even though people know I'm not sawn in half, 
I would I would still be taking my 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 craft of being a magician seriously, and I wouldn't be exposing or kind of winking at people. And so I just think as a performer, you know, that's something I think about as wrestling is changing. Um, the other thing is is don't don't be lazy. And what I mean by that is everyone wants to, and and promoters do this a lot. Everyone just wants to put, you know, some content up on their social media and think that that's how they're going to get their break or that's how they get discovered or that's how they get booked for this show or that show. And, you know, there's a component of that, but like go out there and like hustle, like go out and like, you know, go wrestle a bunch of different places, keep expanding your network, keep expanding the promotions you're working for. It's new crowds, it's new people, it's new wrestlers, it's new styles like that. I think like that's how I had to do it because I didn't have the the luxury of social media. So I had to really go drive and, and keep branching out when I had new opportunities branching out. And so I think sometimes guys get comfortable. They get comfortable in their scene or their little uh, circumference and they don't like go out, navigate out that too much. And then they start wondering like, well, why am I not getting discovered? I'm putting this up on my YouTube. I'm putting this up on my, on my Facebook. And it's like, well, yeah, but, but sometimes it's about like, it's just like music, man. If you want to make a name for yourself as a musician, it's you just keep hitting all these little cafes and, and bigger venues and people come out and listen. Oh, I've never heard this guy before. And they buy a little CD. And next thing you know, you've created all this like little fan base pockets right. all over the country that keep growing. And then eventually you, you have a big enough name that you can take this tour now because you've made enough fans in all these different locations territories so i think sometimes now we, you know social media makes it so easy just be kind of lazy and just put oh i just put it up there and they'll find me it's like no man go take the show on the road and build your fan base that's how i did it you know I, when people knew like austin was on a card because i'd oh i remember that guy on that show like you know like three months ago he was really good like that's how we have to do it so like don't discount that 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 will always work you know social media helps too but that will always work go go and take your show on the road Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, don't go anywhere. Don't get off. Don't log off. I have, I'm going to close the show. Um, and then I will, I'll end it and I will I'll talk to you in the lobby in the waiting room. So uh, again, Austin Aries, he shared his story. He shared his thoughts about XIW, um, the cage match, uh, this Saturday, December 2nd, chaos in the cage. There's five cage matches, four title defenses. Careers will be shortened. Blood will be spilled. Violence will be all at an all time high. XIW brings the best independent wrestling in the Bay County, Panama City Beach. We have doors opening at 4 p.m. Central. Event starts at 5 p.m. Come out and see the XIW superstars. The main events, Jackson Slade and Adrian Whisper, title and career on the line. Semi-main event will be the guest Austin Aries attempting to beat um, Bubba Shaddix to become the new XIW middleweight champion. A revenge match between Justin H2O, Cameron. How you take titles against the uh, a uh, star special against the champs, controversial Inc. A major match between legend, legend Damian Wayne and Bordell Walker. A women's match with Cassandra Golden and LaBreva. And the possible return of Tiger King and Pepperbottom, part of the exotic youth to face Tattoo and Zane Stevens. Who knows if John Saxon would be there to put his nose in the business, but come out and have a lot of fun. Austin Aries, thank you. Um, oops, before we head out, Austin, um, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to you, Austin. Oh, man. So before we leave, do you have anything to say about that comment, Austin? Or can we uh, just let him sit on that and uh, 
I, I didn't even see it. I didn't see it. He said, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to Austin. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Go back well, to school, well, bombs, Bubba, and uh, learn how to spell people's names, man. I guess we'll find out, man. I guess we'll find out. I, again, like, I'm not. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you again, Austin Aries. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing um, your book. Um, I appreciate you. I'll see you in the lobby. Do not go anywhere, please. All right. All my dogs, make some noise up in this house. in the house, who is in the house, it's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down, and when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground, cause when your body hits the canvas, then your head is knocked out, who is in the house, who is in the house, it's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down, and when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground, cause when your body hits the canvas, then your head is knocked out, like with Adrian Whisper, it's like a fight with the devil, because when he's dealing with you, you cannot get on this level, fight with Adrian Whisper's like Five with a king, it's like a five with an army. They got the tanks and everything. He's leaving bruises and stitches, possibly leaving you crippled. Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle, takes a dick free, 